Three, two, one, do it. Moyen, Scott Brown here from Let's Talk Sport. This is show number 169. It's the 11th of Feb, Sunday. The weather isn't the best, to be brutally honest with you. Uh, I am joined this evening by none other than Mr. Gavin Love from Ettlebrook at Cellar. Have you still found out why it's called at Cellar? No, it's on my uh, to-do list. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Um, yeah, Gav's uh, joined us to give us, uh, bring us up to speed with what's going on in the world of Luxembourgish basketball. We are live in the studio from our RTL headquarters up in Kirchberg, Studio 4. Um, as always, we'll, uh, we, we're looking for you to get in comms with us. You can uh, reach out to us on WhatsApp and our social media channel, 6215252000. Gavin, um, I'm going to start off on a bit of a sour note. No Lux Cup final this year. Yeah, buddy. No Lux Cup final. No, it, but it was a shame. I thought we did a great job um, getting to the half final. We uh, managed to beat semi final. Semi final. Semi final. Everybody calls it half final here, Scott. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, you know, I'm following what my players call it. Uh, yeah, no, we did a great job. Beat Steins in the quarterfinals, and uh, and we just fell short uh, against a team that we. You know, we don't match up well with at all in Volfa and, uh, you know, they're, they're on the way to the final, which is a shame. You know, it would have been nice to keep that cup at, at, at Elbrook, but it's not to be. So now we're just focusing on on the playoffs and, and getting healthy. The um, It's funny when you're talking about the, obviously, the result not going your way. Steins are top of the stack at the moment, are they? They are. They are. We're one game behind them. Um, and then, so you, you've said this to me before, but if you could explain to the listeners, when you say you don't match up against Wolfenange, what are you talking about? Because Wolfenange are like sixth in the league or something at the moment, aren't they? They are, but on paper, probably the most talented team. And, you know, the strengths of our team just don't match up very well with, with Wolfenange. They're very long, they're a big team, they're a little bit more athletic than us. Um, but overall, you know, we are a, a better team as the results have shown throughout the league. You know, we're about three or four games clear um, and it's the only team we haven't beaten thus far. But other teams have managed to beat them, uh, obviously, because they're, they're in sixth place. And um, it's just something we haven't managed to do yet. But um, we're having a phenomenal season. We're in second place. I don't think anybody thought we would be there at the beginning of the year, apart from ourselves, of course. Uh, we've managed to beat the top team twice, once in the cup and once in the league. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to to the playoffs um, but it's it really is anybody's games there's a lot of teams that are now improving as the season's gone on and a lot of teams now play with three import players so that's kind of changed the dynamics of the league um, so it's become quite interesting um, with uh, again I just want to I want to keep going at you about this matchups thing so in terms of it's interesting that you'll, you'll you'll often hear it talked about in football where there might be a bogey team for whatever reason. You know, they might be too physical for them. But um, are, they, are they just big boys? But then, you know, it's funny that you say you can go away and beat Steinzel and then Steinzel can beat them, but then you, you couldn't beat Wolfram. Sure. I mean, but the point of it is we have we have certain attributes on our team uh, that Steins will find hard to guard, like we're a little bit quicker than they are. And Steins will obviously deeper and they are the deepest in the league. There's no question. They when you say deeper, they have more talent uh, coming off the bench. You would argue, um, you know, they have a little more size, uh, and they're a very, very deep team. You know, they bring Scott Morton, uh, who's an imp- an import player. He they bring him off the bench. Where's he? <clears throat> where was he playing at before? He played racing before. Ah, oh, okay. Scott yeah. teaches up. You know, to bring an American Lucy, player off the bench who's been a professional in this league for a number of years, that's a huge advantage. You know, not many teams have that. Um, and but <clears throat> and then it's, the Volfa have some length at the guard spots that kind of negates 
some of our strengths, you know, negates that speed that we that we have. So it really is about matchups, and it's not just basketball. Many sports is the same way. You know, you always play well against this team or that team. But but overall, you know, to be a great team, it's all about consistency. About against everybody. So when I look at it, I look at our season as being incredibly successful uh, in sixth spot and potentially we might finish at the top. Um, I wish there was a cup or a championship for top spot, but there isn't. It's just a playoff spot. But um, for coaches, I think that that really is the prize for us where we finish in the league. That really shows us how good a job we've done. Absolutely, absolutely. And as then, as you say, it gives a chance for the fans to come out and see if you get some silverware on, on top of that. With the with the structure of the playoffs, is it top six? It's the top eight, which is which is great. You know, I hear that they're thinking of changing it back to and have, only having 10 teams in the league and then it would go to the top six. But I really don't like that format at all. We've just changed it in the last few seasons to the top eight and having 12 teams in the top league. Um, I think that's perfect. It's what most countries in Europe do. Um, I don't can't get my head around why we would want to go back to it. I don't know whose idea it was, but I'll go on record. And Probably say the same guy who thinks that we should do the... The uh, you know the ten point cushion in the cup and stuff oh like that. Oh my gosh, it, man, it must be the same guy. <laughs> it, must, it must be the I same guy. I wonder if it's the oh guy Lord. who missed the the basket. You remember last year, missed the basket in the spa uh, dude launch the ladies game. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> man, I, I don't even know who that was. By for sorry for that chap now, but but listen, let's be honest. The ten point advantage that must be a twenty year old rule, right? Because no one wants that. The team who ten points against them. It's a 10 point deficit. That's a lot, right? Now, we saw that Heffingham beat Esch, you know, with a 10 point advantage. Now, listen, the second team, division teams, they don't want it either. They don't want it either because nobody wants to win a game by five, but you actually lost it. And then you'll be cheering with a cup in your hand. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Like, so look, just get rid of the rule because it, it doesn't make any sense and we, mu- I, we must be the only country that does it. I think uh, if we can get Ken Diederich on, I think I'll have a chat with him about it. Man, Ken's like, going to well, agree with me for sure. Yeah. Every basketball guy would agree with this. Come on. Um, with um, Obviously, we always talk about the youth and the development and that sort of thing, but you know, it seems like in the, in the certainly in the top division, there is a reliance on these... On, on the imports that are coming in. Um, I mean, obviously, with, with the greatest respect in the world, are you starting to look at that for next year or is it a case of you'll have to wait till the tail end because they'll probably get decent offers to, to play elsewhere? So are you talking about more Americans? Or yeah. Well, we have two. A lot of teams have three. <clears throat> it just shows you're obviously a better coach if you Man, only need two you said, you said it's good, I didn't say But no, uh, honestly, like... My my point of it is, it makes the league stronger if you have more import players. It does, but does it make your national game stronger in terms of like national team stronger? If they then qualify under residency and then can play for the national team, then no, no, it's it's different because only one naturalized player can play for the national team. Only one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so you can't get like a team full of Americans with luxury bogus passports. Oh. So you can only have one. So right now it's Clancy Rock who, who does that, and he used to be Xavier Francois. So uh, you can only have one. Um, so that's good because that would be crazy if your, your team was completely foreign, your national team. So, no, but I mean, it's difficult because some teams don't have enough um, players, so they have to go and get three import players. But that also can turn the league upside down because you can have a team that's at the bottom can go straight to the top because it's a huge advantage. You know what I mean? So, um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of experiment. But a lot of teams have gone in that direction, and uh, it has made the league somewhat more interesting for us. You know, it's against the club's principles to have a third. But if we did, we would for sure 
win something because you know we're second now. If you added another import player, we would be uh, hot favourites. But you could also say league almost. Well, you could you could also say that about other teams as well. Like if if Esh added another import and they would be hot favourites. So yourself and Esh are you the only two teams that are playing with two two Yanks? Well, technically, (laughs) technically, Esh do have a third non jickle, but it's it's a it's a French player, and um, and I did think they signed another uh, import player, but he's not playing yet. So. Um, there's only a few of us. I think Muscle Pikes, Lara. Wow. Well, uh, you know, it's you a little. Lara Shet, weren't they your bogey team last year? Weren't they? Or? Uh, we beat them twice this year, so we're all right now. Uh, they did beat us in the playoffs. It depends what you're talking about. Foreign import players, non jickles. It's a little bit complicated, to be honest. Okay. Well, we might come back to that. But just bouncing back to the playoffs, how does it work then? So, if you finish top of the stack. Mm-hmm. What, does that grant you a free pass for a few rounds, or how break break that down for me? So if you finish, you're saying it's top eight, the top eight, yeah, um, make the playoffs. So it's one, maybe one versus eight, and oh. then two versus seven, three versus six. Okay, on a three game series as well. It's a three game series, which again I think should be five game series because the league is very short anyway. Um, it used to be five. It's five in the finals, so it'll be the first round be uh, best of three, semi-finals, best of three, finals, best of five. I don't see why they just don't do best of five, best of five, because we play 22 games and, you know, you want to see the best teams go through, right? So the more games that are played, the more likely that the best teams will go through in a three-game series. You can lose the first one, uh, you know, it puts you under super pressure to win the second. And um, that's my opinion because, you know, we want to play more games. I do anyway. We want to play more games because, you know, we love to play basketball. So I think it would be more exciting for more games. But, you know, that's not how it is at the moment. So there's not really, as you say, you know, in, in your the example you give is if you're finishing first, it's not like you miss out a couple of rounds. You've, you're still going to have to play those, what is it, four rounds? Uh, three, one, three, two, rounds. Three, three rounds to get to the final and, and potentially try and win. Um, oh, that's that's quite interesting with the, the way the playoffs work. I mean, we don't have enough teams playing rugby to worry about that. In, uh, you do, you, I mean, the idea is you have a slight advantage. Because um, you play at home, you, obviously. Cause you, yeah, you, yeah. So you play at home and then away, and if there's a third game, you play back at home. And you, I, you play a supposedly weaker team. But here's another point of view uh, for me: you need a signing deadline because teams can go right up to the playoffs and add whoever they want really just before just before the playoffs so for me it's like well, well hang on you play a completely different team so okay there should be exemptions for maybe an import player has a an injury you know something like that like a medical joker sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah for sure that, that's fine but I mean to be able to add an import player right before the playoffs that's, that's crazy you play 22 games and then yeah come on mate you know, I think there needs to be more rules implemented here. It's, it's, I mean, I think that's key because even when you talk about like the European Cup in, in rugby or the Champions League in football, they have to name their Champions League squad, don't they, mm. by a yeah. certain date. And there is a little bit of, um, uh, what do you call it, a little bit of uh, movement around because people get injured. There's always exceptions to the rule, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it has to be approved exception, you know what I mean? Like, if a Luxembourger got hurt, there's nothing you can do about it. But if an import got hurt, they're sure you could replace him. But most leagues, they have like a February 1st signing deadline or, or some January 1st, something like this. I think that would be prudent. Yeah, no, I think that's very, very interesting, the old signing. I mean, it's something that's massive in football these days. I mean, I don't take huge interest in football, but even just hearing about them trying to get these medicals and stuff push through before yeah. a couple of minutes before to get them all signed off very it happens here good as TV, well. isn't yeah, it? if you get an injury to a, uh, an import player then trust me you're on the phone you're on the, you're trying to find new players and you're trying to push that medical through before Thursday afternoon you're like panicking sweating you know it, it, it happens it happens a lot 
But what about um, next year then? Mm. Have we uh, have we got anything any anything set in stone or uh... no, not at all. No, I'm uh, right now. I'm just concentrated on the rest of this season and and, and see see what happens. Um, but no, for the minute, just trying to get you know the best position we can in the playoffs. Um, seeing if Steins will slip up in the next four games and see if we can go top. But not right now. No. no. Well. Well, fingers crossed. We, uh, we 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 get some good. We have a good season and uh, and finish up. Gav, just before we uh, keep churning on about the basketball, I want you to tell me about the old FA Cup, mate. Not not your. Uh, who's your team? Mate, well, my local team is obviously Argyle. Before we came, Argyle. On, I was, I was where, a, where's Argyle? Oh, mate. Plymouth Argyle. Plymouth Argyle. For anybody Sorry, listening, yeah, of course. You remember they, these? Uh, yeah, our punters yeah, yeah, out here maybe aren't listening. Yeah. Uh, used to the bloke yeah, who used I, to come on on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> and be like, you know, Inver- Inverness Caledonian Thistle or Queen of the South uh, Plymouth yeah. Argyle and all that sort I of know. stuff. I know. Honestly, when we came on, Scott, I was just distressed. But I couldn't really think about what we were talking about because I was too busy looking at the football scores. Um, at half time yesterday, obviously I was coaching, but I did check the score. Um, uh, it was nil-nil. Very happy about that fourth fourth uh, round replay against Leeds. Thinking this could be brilliant, and then I look, I look, and it's four-one uh, to Leeds. So that's a little bit distressing. Run out, run out of puff by the sounds oh, of it. Mate. That's, yeah, yeah. But they've been doing, you know, been doing really well um, of late. Argyle um, in terms of like being promoted. What league? What league are they playing in? Uh, they're in uh, the, the Championship. I mean, they're in fifteenth place. All right, that's not amazing. But they've got to the championship, so slowly they've been going up, and the crowds there, from what I understand, the attendances have been up and everything. So, yeah, it's they're, they're on the up, and obviously I've seen many games over the years. And um, yeah. what colour are they playing? I feel like they're playing green. Do they? Of course they're playing green. We're, we're in the, do the basketball. The do, do Plymouth basketball playing green as well? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my old team was played in green and stuff like that and whatnot. Um, still got a few vests in the cupboard somewhere. They probably don't fit anymore. <laughs> they come on for a rainy day. Sleep in them, sleeping vests. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I love chatting to you um, about our own experiences of playing and coaching. We were lucky enough to have been all over the world doing it. And you always, you, you make this, uh, I guess, this this link to, you know, what's going, going on in European basketball. It's fair to say that uh, the NBA is in the limelight, you know, um, with all the superstars over there. But, my understanding is that the Euro League isn't a million miles away these days. Is that is that the case, or? Uh... Well, I think you just have to look at world basketball. You look at you know Germany won the World Cup, and America took a lot of losses. I think maybe three or four losses in in, in the last tournament. So look, at the end of the day, their league is the Premier League of basketball around the world. But you have to look at the five best players, or the five guys that have, who have won the MVP have all been international players. You know, uh, Doncic and um, Embiid and and um, Jokic. You know, they're the best players there. They're international, so it's a different. It's more of a razzmatazz. It's more of a one-on-one athletic league, and yeah, it, it is probably the best. But um, the Euro League, when you watch that, it's far more technical. It's it's more of a team game for me. It's more. It's far more pleasing to watch that, and also you can kind of emulate that in these European leagues that we're in now because you can't. You can't play the NBA style of play because it's it, it's so much bigger, so much stronger, so much more athletic, and so are the Euro League teams too. But it's different. You can kind of try to emulate how they play, and for me, it's a much better style of basketball. And you see that in the contrast when you see America, the USA, rather um, play against Spain or France. You can see the two clashes of styles. And in recent memory, the European style has won out. Um, 
or the global style has won out, uh, as it were. Um, but now it's still the best league in the world, obviously. With um, do you, obviously you said about Germany winning the World Cup, I'm going to assume that America or USA weren't fully loaded, you know, full beans with the the strongest team. I've read some stuff about that they are going to go full full noise to to play in the Olympics. Is, will that be the case? In order for them to win, they absolutely have to. They have to be in the creme de la creme. But I mean, you say that on those teams they had, they still had like ten All Star players, you know, still still ten NBA All Stars. Um, and yeah, for the, for the Olympics, they have to bring everybody or they won't win. It's interesting because it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if they don't go full beans, then that will always, you know, be held against them. If they do go full beans, then I guess they're expected to win. And, you know, God forbid they don't win it or lose it when they've got allegedly their strongest team. Well, he, well here's the thing. It, you say go full beans, as it were, but... It's not always the choice. I think they'd always want to send their best team. It's whether the players decide to commit. You know, those teams and those those players have committed to the team and they would always take the best that are available. And if the players don't want to play, you can't sit there and go, oh, but we didn't send our best. Well, so what? They, they didn't want to come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't say that. So uh, if they do, if the players that are the perceived as the top players commit, then yes, they will be stronger. But... I don't think it's a foregone conclusion because a lot of those players that they have who are the best, uh, um, they're a little bit older. Um, will they win? They'll get. They'll be in the final, or maybe they do. Uh, but it won't. It will be very close. It will be. Um, so we'll be. We'll be watching it. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you got any free tickets out there, anyone? <laughs> give us a shout. Yeah, yeah, give us yeah, a shout. Yeah. Um, I was watching, uh, smashing through the reels the other day, and there was this video came up, and I think it was. I'm going to say it's the 92, the 92 games. Or was it? That was in Barcelona. Yeah, the dream team. Yeah. And there's a video where they had, I think they only had, they had the 10, the 10 players. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was like one college guy as well. Yeah, Christian Leitner. Yeah. And they basically said that the story is that it's the greatest scrimmage of all time yeah that nobody yeah. ever saw because yeah. it was basically them all all of them just going head to head it was yeah. um michael jordan's team against magic johnson's That's team right, yeah. um it, very 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 cool stuff i mean that was certainly the best competition they had in that tournament i mean you can see from them they won every game by like the average of 40 points so you can see obviously that was the greatest sports team ever put together versus the rest of the world that were miles behind um and now you know the they could never put together a team like that ever again. And also the global game has certainly caught up. Um, so it's definitely closer now. But obviously, I mean, that, that 92 team, you will never see the likes of that ever again. So it's funny you say caught up because I think that's happening a lot in uh, in, in sport in general because team have teams have become more professional and it's easier for a team to get closer to you now than for a team at the top to really you know, really, really kick on. You just look how the games, you know, the game, the how, how professional it's become in the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whether it's, you know, the strength and conditioning side of things, the, um, you know, the medical side of things, the training, the technical aspects yeah. of it, the recovery. There's so many different aspects that there's been huge that come advances. into it. You know, I look at myself now and people, because I've, I've got a hundred injuries, I'm still getting injections in my shoulders like yesterday. And, and people, they say to me, you know, you're in a lot of pain. Going, Would you do it again? I'm like, yeah, I'd do it again. I'd just do it a lot differently. 
You know what I mean? I mean, even if I'd sell it now, we have a, a, a brand new ice bath there and the players get in there after. You know, recovery is super important. They're, they want to recover too much. <laughs> like I say, you have to put in the work first. But, um, you know, like, like you just said that, you know, nutrition and um, uh, sports science, that the, the, the advances in times of like, um, what did you just say? The... Um, uh, S and C strength, and yeah, strength and conditioning. We were talking about, like, you know, it's it's phenomenal compared to what it was when we. I, I had lunch le- uh, yesterday, as you do, with um, a colleague of mine, and we were talking about how you talk about these great players from uh, a, like a bygone era, and it just sort of makes you almost admire them even more, whether it's from basketball, even football. You know, guys like uh, George Best had he had yeah. shot a whiskey at halftime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But these guys who, you know didn't have the best boots, didn't have the best training, didn't have the best coaching, you know, didn't have all the mental, the psychological stuff. They just, they got on it and they, and they sort of did their things and you sort of wonder, um, I would imagine they'd have no problem, you know, playing as as the game is nowadays, but would it suit their lifestyle? Like you hear the stories about Michael Jordan and he'd be out smoking cigars and playing golf on the day of matches and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact is some people are just don't need it as much as others you know that that's just the fact of it i mean look um it helps some maybe it's not so important for others and i've i've got many friends that played with me and played for a decade and they never got hurt one time and they were doing the same stuff as 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 we were all built differently and um you know obviously i think it's definitely a good thing but the proof is back in the day they didn't do it and they were still you know geniuses in their own form yeah i mean on that on that topic sort of again going a bit deeper into sort of as you know i'm heavily involved in sort of that youth development side of things and and you're doing doing stuff as well do you think it's become worse for kids now because they get screamed at they get shouted at by these coaches and ultimately these guys who you look at your Cristiano Ronaldo's and your Lionel Messi's and your LeBron James's. They, they just grew up loving it, you know. Mm. And you can argue they were put under pressure, you know, quite early on in their careers and stuff. Um, but you know, they ultimately it comes back to enjoying what they do, and, and that's why they go out and practice it. And if you enjoy something, you'll go out and practice it yourself. And I think that's the key thing is. In Luxembourg, we have this, there's this almost like this specialization very early on from a young age. Oh, yeah, you know, if you're playing basketball or, or handball or football, whatever it is, you've got to be doing four trainings a week and matches on the weekend. It's like, nah, why can't, why can't you play basketball? Why can't you play football? Why can't you play all these sports at the same time? You know, I think from a young age, you can play them all. Yeah. I think the most important thing is whatever the kids are doing, they're engaged, right? I've seen some great sessions. I've seen some appalling sessions. I just want to see, because my kid played basketball, I want to see her active. I want to see her with a ball in her hand. I don't want to see her standing around and getting bored, all right? You know, I want to see them enjoying themselves. If they're not, that's when you start losing players. So coaching is very important. It, It really is. And, you know, Luxembourg needs to invest in coaching because that's the grassroots. That's where you're going to get... um great players you know not everybody's going to be great but that's not the goal you know the goal is for to play and you know get communication skills team skills well, we talk you know. we talk about um when the, the benefit of the sport and you say is to develop holistically so it's like mm. not just developing you as a player but developing that whole package as a person right uh, exactly exactly as you know um as you say you know being able to work with others teamwork being able to communicate you know being able to 
deal with failure. That's my big thing. You know, being, Ma- being, a, being able to to fail and actually it's not the end of the world. What are you going to do about it? You're going to get up and go again. Like that, That's a life skill. That's right. You but, know? but also, let's, let's invest in educating the coaches because you can't expect the coach that hasn't coached before or a parent or whatever because there is a lot of volunteers, right? And they go in and, you know, you say, hey, hey, thanks very much. This is great. But has somebody taken them for a session to show them what that needs to yeah. be done and stuff? You know, it, it, these are very important things. And we go back to just about the kids enjoying themselves. That's all I really care about with my kids. And I'm talking from my point of view. We want to get them tired out as well. I always joke around with little lions. Yeah, Sorry, the, I have to give it a shout out here, obviously. Of course, of course. Um, but that's ultimately what you want to do. You want them engaged. You want them knackered, smiling red faces, mate. Then they fall asleep. It makes your life so much easier <laughs> in, uh, right. in the afternoon. But yeah, with the... It, it's funny there's almost more pressure put on kids you know i think it's ridiculous that you have academies under 12 and stuff like that these days it's like i think that's how the world's evolved now because you know you see these clubs that are investing huge amounts of money in facilities they want the creme de la creme well, and it well, starts from a young age well right? when you if you use football as an example you're essentially trying to cast your net to try and land the big fish yeah because if you land a cristiano ronaldo or a Lionel messi yeah it's not that they're going to become the greatest player with you, but there's you're all gonna, these clauses in contracts. And you're going to sell them for yeah, two hundred million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that can, really is it, right? You can make you can make so much money yeah. off, you know, moving these they're, guys. They're not on. investing in those in- incredible uh, development complexes for no reason. At the goodness of the heart, they're businesses. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to do that. So, you know, it's it, it's good for the kids because they get to play in these amazing players uh, places, but also they will be disappointed because not everybody's going to make it. A tiny proportion will. Um, but when you say make it, mm. what do you mean by that? Make it, well, I mean, there's different levels of making it, right? I mean, for my children, when I say they make it, it means they'll be in a team, they'll be having fun, and they'll be enjoying that team atmosphere. When other people, when you talk about these the complexes in the Premier League that they're building for hundreds of millions making it is making that first team and getting that professional contract for a million a week <laughs> that, that that's making it yeah right? in their eyes i mean there's there's a lot of there's a big thing yeah, about you know the drop off of players because obviously you you chase the dream mm. rightly so um and if you don't make it it's like then where where do you where do you go and i think you don't and this is a piece of advice i've given before and i've, I've, I've i'll reiterate it but just because you didn't make it to the you know, the very top doesn't mean you can't be successful at what you at what you do. And actually, when you look at a lot of guys who are quite high profile in big companies, they do have that sporting background, whether they chase the dream and, and ultimately if you want to put it in black and white and they failed at that, but that conditioned them and made them more resilient, which is a, and then allowed them to, to kick on to something bigger and better. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But you you look at all the players now that, that play professionally in all these leagues in Europe you know, I'm sure their uh, their goal was to make the NBA, but no, they're in Europe having great careers, earning good money. Um, is that failure? I don't think so. That's success in my in my book. There's levels to to everything, right? I mean, when you if you were if if let, let's say we started up our own basketball mm. team, you you've got to start with the youth, haven't you? You've got to start with the youngsters and stuff 100%. like that. And when uh, and again, I've said this before, but a guy who I used to teach with. And we'd sit down at the start of the year and, and discuss 
which teams we wanted to take for which uh, year group and stuff like that. And you might be like, oh, I want year nine basketball because they're my boys, you know? And I'd be like, right, you can have the A team for that. But if you're having the A team for that, then you're having the year 10s for football and you're like, oh, God, not that lot. Do you know what I mean? It's it's sort of give and, give and take with that sort of thing. Um, but um, his, I guess, his outlook on it is all was, what is our goal? What is our goal? And we sort of had a discussion, oh, I'll be good to go well in this competition or go to this, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, nah, we're all about retention. We want to retain 95% of the kids that come. 95% of the kids that come, I want them all to come back the following year and we might get some new kids and they might bring some mates and then that means you could lose you could lose all your matches you could lose your cup finals and stuff like that but, but is that but when I look at it it's very similar is that I look at a team and and as I look at individuals and say did that individual improve if they've improved then I've done my job if the team improves then I've done my job you know you could lose all your games but if you've improved then isn't that success in itself Absolutely. I mean, I always joke around my uh, my first experiences of um, playing uh, playing football. But that was my. I, I mean, we played at school, and you played at the rugby club and stuff like that. But had um, we we played a our first season, but down at Bubbrick St Michael's back in the day. I think we were the under thirteens. Must be my first year at secondary school. I was under twelves, and we played with all the guys at the primary school and all the local lads and couple of boys I still speak to now, mate, and we lost every single game. I think we lost our first game, like, 25-0. Like, we were rocking up, getting pumped every, <laughs> every week, every week. And you're playing against these kids who've been playing together for longer. Last game of the season, we played a team called Far Cotton, which is a part of Northampton, and we drew two all. Like, mad, absolutely mad. And then, next year, everyone came back. Everyone came back, and we had a much better season. We actually they're enjoying we themselves actually, and feeling that they are getting better as well. So why wouldn't you come back? I and mean, you're like, oh, you, know. you know, you sort of joke around. Oh, it's not as bad as losing the other week against, you know, losing twenty five nil or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we had, um, you know, that fairly horrendous season. But yeah. at that age, you know, that's a really important age as well because you're. That's when you're gonna, you know, make that decision to continue. And when I say that is. Sport now in schools is not really organised anymore. You know, I can think back to when I was doing it. You were probably you were playing football matches for school, rugby matches for school, yeah. athletics for school, whatever it was, anything, cricket, absolutely anything to do with the school. Everyone was, you would you would play in it. You know, the teachers would would drop you home afterwards if it yeah. needed to be oh, done. Yeah, but but sorry to interrupt, but that and that is what I'm talking about is how well or what sport you played at school was dependent on how good your teacher was or what sports your teacher liked. Because I had a teacher called Dave Mills. He's a complete legend in my eyes. And the only reason I ever played basketball because he loved it. And, um, you know, this is the kind of guy, he would take us to our weight games um, and he would buy us all fish and chips. You know, do you see teachers doing that today? Take Driving a, a 12 players and buying their kids fish and chips. I'm like... Amazing, right? And you remember the you remember this, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I've won. We talked about winning and losing. I've won a ton of titles. I got a ton of trophies. I don't know where they are, but I do remember my coaches, my teammates, the games, because that's 
what you remember. That's the important bit, not a piece of metal. You yeah, know? a bit of plastic or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that it's funny if we sat down with like guy. I don't want to sound old when I say this, but like guys from our sort of generation, where you're, you're um, well, I'm older than you too. <laughs> by much not with that fra- fra- flash new haircut mate oh, mate. <laughs> um but you do you know you think back to your days at school and there are teachers that ultimately made you yeah choose a career in sport a hundred percent if dave mills was not at my school i would not have my life would be completely different yeah, 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 yeah. and that is the role of teachers and coaches and that's why we should invest in coaches and put a premium on coaches. I mean, I'm biased because I'm a coach, but it's true. Yeah, no, you're absolutely and right. And teachers. I mean, I, th- I think back to it, some, we had some good times, but even just, even just you know, going away and getting absolute hiding, just being on the minibus together or the buses together. But it doesn't really happen these days, in, in, certainly in the UK, in the state sector, because you are paid from half eight till... 315 or whatever it is yeah. and you're done um and obviously it's a little bit different in luxembourg because you do you do get paid a higher wage as a, as a teacher you know that's common knowledge but if i said to other members of staff if i was to say here will you come and run a football club or a basketball club with me after school what's the first thing they're going to say are we going to get paid for it and like as a sports teacher that's your job you know that for me that comes with the territory if we have to put on after school clubs and stuff like that we've got to get a sports teacher in there to defend themselves here scott what do you mean <laughs> we've got to get a teacher would that be their first thing do you think would it get paid 100 percent. really 100 percent. oh you know what when i go into school next i'll i'll ask that question yeah. i'll say would you do a club you want to get paid for it and i will ring you up straight away right. and yeah. go yeah i just asked him and that's what he said whereas it's like I don't know whether it's if you, because you come to Luxembourg and obviously money plays a role for a lot of expats. So that's why you ultimately sure. come out here. And so, you, you know, I don't want to say entitled, but you're almost, it's, it's, it's that, that's your, your first point of thought. Whereas actually thinking, well, actually, do you know what I'm going to do an after school club? Because yeah. for the, the love of the game, Scott. Yeah, it was not for, for the, the love of the game, game. But, but I love it. I've, I've been lucky enough to be teaching rugby this, uh, this half term. And mate, there is nothing better than watching two teams knock lumps out of each other <laughs> and then just get up and get on with it yeah like we we obviously play like a uh, a sort of a hybrid game of rugby where because i could sit here and nause you about uh, all the rules and stuff but i know you don't have the slightest bit of interest mate <laughs> but basically we just make it about running true. running running tackling and passing yeah. get rid of the ruck they all love having a scrum so we get into that that's all obviously in a controlled in a controlled way and kids get fallen on and you know if there's tears it's like right we'll get up a couple of deep breaths and then let's just get back into back it but it. there you go that's that whole yeah you, you you miss the tackle there but you know don't worry about it i've missed plenty of them in my career like but i think there's there's so much but, but obviously we're biased because we're you know we're you know we're, we're sports professionals we're, yeah. we make we make money from from being involved in sport but there's so much value in getting these kids to learn how to do it all like Huge. the drop-off is massive in luxembourg like even from that secondary school sport you know you've obviously got the lazelle it goes back to what i was saying what i was saying before is they got to enjoy it if they're not enjoying it there's going to be a huge drop-off and back after a short break there we were lucky enough to have meredith join us and uh she gives us a f- she obviously 
I mean, she wanted to come on, but she was dro- dropping off uh, a cup of tea and coffee. Absolute legend there. Good one. Good point for you. Taylor Swift. Now, very, very interesting. Obviously, she's got her new hubby. What's her fella called? Um, Kelsey. Kelsey. What's his name? Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey the of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, and he used to play, oh, obviously, he's playing American football. But they're basically talking about the money. That, she's, that her she's generated for the NFL profile has brought into the NFL something like three hundred million or something. I, I did read an article. I think it was three hundred million, and just for her presence and her, her social media presence, and uh, now I guess all Taylor's fans are watching the NFL. Three hundred million she's brought in. Fair play, fair play. I right. mean, it's that it must get her a box at least. Right? Yeah, exactly. You can have her own stadium or something. I don't know. Um, now, very very cool. I see she picked. Was it Grammys? Didn't she? Isn't she the first artist ever? To pick up four album of the year awards at the Grammys, I believe. We're delving into areas I know, little aren't we? Well. Aren't we? I mean, that sort of ties in nicely to the uh, the topic because it's Women in Sport Day in um, in America. Not today, but it was on the seventh of Feb on, on Wednesday earlier on in the week. There. So, with that in mind, are there any high profile women women athletes that you sort of you know think, yeah, you're 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 top of the game. It's in, it's it's impressive to watch. Maybe more so in basketball there is, or there is a. Um uh, a college basketball player, actually, who's who's lighting it up and doing an amazing job. Uh, Catelyn something or other. I, it's awful. I don't know her name, but I'm watching some of her film and she is killing it. She's doing an amazing job. I'll, we'll have to find. Can you Google it? <coughs> I can get you Google it on your um, phone now. Right, um, um, the, 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 just to jump in there, there was an interesting one about one of the college teams out in America, and they are decimated by injuries, and so they held open like open trials oh, was Detroit. and um, yeah. one of the girls rocked up absolutely crushed it and she'd just been let go by the volleyball team but she'd actually played basketball for all of high school as a player and then now is obviously playing varsity you know she's playing uh, really? yeah she's playing college basketball yeah, well, I tell you what I picked up a guy um, in an open gym one time in Plymouth um, obviously we had all of our professionals and we wanted to to pack out the team, the squad, but just make a couple of local Plymouth guys. And and I picked up one kid, been playing professional basketball now for the last six years. Amazing. Um, Catelyn Clark, you know, she plays about Iowa, Iowa, Iowa Hawkeyes. And uh, yeah, amazing. Iowa. Iowa, I can't even say it. Right? I thought you were trying to say Ohio Iowa, there. Uh, yeah, Iowa. Um, and then I thought uh, you'd be good with all the German, the uh, American terminology because you were talking to me about pounds earlier and stuff like that. I, yeah, but I know, I know. But because when I was talking stones, the people look at me like I'm ancient here. It's kilos, um, mate. But anyway, exactly. And so, what, there is a question for you. Why, why you you talk to them in, you know, you don't talk to them in stones. No, you, you were talking kilos. No, I'm talking pounds. But you said I was talking kilos. Well, we do pounds because that's my normal conversations are with Americans. The Yanks, man. Yeah. And if you go, it's always feet and inches as well. Even in the NBA, someone's seven feet tall. They're not 205 or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, there is a little confusion because, um, you know, it's always like 190 or something like this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. 196.4, isn't it? It's two meters is 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, two meters. Is, oh, I think it's 6'7", isn't it? Is it? I th- oh, man, we've got to oh, look it up, mate. Look it up. Imagine being, if I'd have been a foot taller, I'll tell you, mate. Um... Yeah, women in sport. Um, in terms of the 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 profile, I mean, you you're hard pushed to look past the two, the two Williams sisters in tennis. That's yeah. a dominance, isn't it? Yeah. Like a- absolute dominance, class to, uh, to to watch. One I would have said growing up, um, 
certainly when I was getting into sport would have been Marion Jones. Yeah. But now she's naughty, naughty, isn't she? Oh, mate. That, it, it, you know, your legacy is kind of, it's more than tainted, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, you just don't know, do you? You mean I you take the... blood from her and it's green, you know? Yeah. It's a sort of, it's radioactive. Yeah, I always remember, I remember, do you remember Zola Blood, bud? The British athlete, that long runner, she used to run with no shoes. Do you remember her? Yeah, she's run bare feet. That's hardcore. Yeah, and she was, I think she was born in South Africa, but ran for uh, Great Britain. She was always a uh, top ladies athlete, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. So the the Williams sisters. Um, I think it's it's one of those things where the the profile is is sort of going going up and up and up. Especially off, you know. Especially you look at the women's football in England. You know, they're obviously going very strong. But again, it's one of those things where it's not as I, I want to say it's not fair because it's not you know not all the teams that compete now at the World Cup are all professional, are they? In the in the women's game, really? Well, I, I you know I. I need to be educated on that. But I, I do see a lot of the complaints from the, the ladies in terms of like how much money they make and everything like that. But it's certainly getting better, um, um, the reports show anyway. But it's very difficult because they just don't generate as, as much as the men in, in the game. But I did see from the World Cup that the ladies actually took a higher percentage cut from the income from the World that's Cup. That's right. I remember talking than, about that before. Than the that's men. Right. Um, so that's positive as well. Um, but this, I mean, certainly football in the UK, uh, women's football is on, on the rise. I mean, I watched the, the World Cup and they did a great job. Or ride that wave, haven't you? Try and get yeah. more. I mean, as I say, it's not just a link to, it's getting kids into sport, whether they're boys or girls. Um, yeah. If they're playing sport, they're not doing something they shouldn't be doing. Exactly, exactly. Um, you love talking about Joe Rogan. Have you got any good stories from uh, from his podcast recently? I, I honestly, because I, you know, I'm based in Content, but I I work in Excella, so that's a good 35 minutes up and back, and I do that normally twice a day. I'm listening to Joe all day, every day, but I don't think he's got any stories that I can repeat on our clean cut show, Scott. Um, but I do enjoy. Uh, I do enjoy listening to some of, some of his stuff is amazing because they're talking about aliens, right? They're talking about I love ancient apocalypse, oh, conspiracy like, theories. I and stuff love like. all that stuff. So I could we could talk for hours about that. <laughs> mate. I swear to God. And other stuff is a little bit less um, entertaining, but that stuff I love. Did you ever watch Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix? You've told me to go and oh, watch mate, this. You've got to. You've got to. I love it. Viewers, go and watch it. It's great. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it tonight and yeah. uh, and, and and get back to you on that one. Um, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, oh mate, it's like it's like playing for Liverpool and going to play for uh, Man United. Oh no, what's worse? Hang on, Man United to Man City, isn't it? Yeah, that's the equivalent. So I'm told. Man United, Man United, as good as they used to be, are they? And you got Man City. I shouldn't say that, but yeah, but the rivalry between them. You know, yeah. Um, um, what made him? Was it money or just? <sighs> it, I, I don't think you'll ever find out. I mean, he's probably sick of the car now, isn't he? At, um, Mercedes. Right. Is it not um, a good car? I, I'll take one. Well, it, it was quite interesting. You, you see all sorts of stump stuff come out. I mean, it's everybody, every old pundit's trying to stay relevant, aren't they? So they make a comment. I think it might have been David Coulthard said, if you put Lewis Hamilton in a fast car, he's a great driver. But if he's not in a fast car, he's not. And it's like, wow. Well, Is you know. Isn't that obvious, though? Yeah, but it's how, how do you make that, that playing field level um, in, in terms of that? I mean, you when, when you do sit and read about stuff, it's always a case of because they actually get limit, a limited amount of time where they can sort of tinker and do testing and stuff on the cars because obviously if you can go and test for a whole year, you can find the best designs and stuff, but there sure. has to be a budget that's respected. Um, but I know... <laughs> is, there, is there a cap on that? Is the oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, so it is a level playing field? 
<sighs> do you? Is it like okay? It, 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 you, look, it's like you, you saying the mechanics, it, the best mechanic in the world, is he getting serious money? Because let's face it, if you've got the best car and you don't have the best driver, you might still win. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more, when you say the level playing field, you're talking about, let's say your budget is, no, no, budget's not the word. Let's say the salary cap is 100 million. Yeah. You can spend 100 million on your basketball team. Yeah. Can you generate 100 million to spend on your basketball team? Do you yeah, see what but- I mean? <laughs> so it's like saying, yes, there is a limit on what you can spend it on. Yeah. Can you actually generate that money to spend to that limit? Because there's a difference between having a team that's worth a hundred million and a team that's only worth twenty five million. Yeah, but you could also argue that in any sport, like the team with the most money normally will win because they can fail more in their testing and keep going, whereas the other team can't. It's the same with football. I think you can buy more players, have a deeper squad, so you can eliminate uh, injuries. And this is what we talk about imports. If you've got three and one gets injured, you're right, you've still got two. You know, and this is where the teams with more money in sport will will not always, but usually win out. Yes, mate. It's um. But 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 back to it though. Is the car more important than the driver, or the driver more important than the car? That's what they argue that nowadays there's so much technology in the car. It's more car than driver, isn't it? So me and you could get in there and we'd be all right. I don't think so. (laughs) Have you? I've said said before. You must seen the one where they put Hammond, Richard Hammond, in there. They uh Did he crash? Uh that was a different one. Right, that yeah, was like that, a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That went off the road. No, the one with um yeah, Hammond where they put him in a I think they put him in a GP car to start with, let him rag that round. Yeah. And then they put him in a I wanna say like a Formula Four car to start with. And basically you have to get the heat up right. to for the brakes to work. If you don't get the heat up, the car just cuts out automatically. So he gets used to that, and then they get him in a Formula Three, and then they're like then the guy's like, there's no point in putting you in the Formula 2. We'll put you straight in the Formula 1 because your neck will give out because of the Gs and stuff like that. And he, I'll show you the video afterwards and you hear him driving around in it and he's like, but he's only going like this. You know, these both the, the, well, the guys who are top of the game are obviously uh, yeah. ragging around. Speaking of Formula 1, did you see, have you ever seen the crash with Romain Grosjean? Uh, I don't think so. Mate, how he walks out of that. He basically crashes into the barrier and goes under it and it bursts into a fireball. Oh like, it's absolutely got, mad. What are the angel things they've got? The halos, yeah. Halo, that's the that's angels, obviously what halos. saved him. Yeah, the halos are pretty impressive, aren't they? Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I can't imagine what it'd be like to have that in front of you whilst you're driving. Yeah. You know, but, but when you get in those cars and you get on a track, I've done it before, um, you feel like you're going a thousand miles an hour because you're so low. But in theory, you're not. Yeah, but because you're so low, it's crazy fast. But also, you you get out the car. I, I have done it. You get out the car, and you're like, <sighs> it's just not used to going that fast, you know. <laughs> no. I, I, you know, you see the celebrities getting uh, and have someone drive them around, and they're screaming. Yeah, you know, I I would never want to do that. It's like um, oh, it's taken me quite a while to bring up the first film, but the one with uh, what do you call Batman, Christian Bale, and Matt Damon, the Le Mans one. Oh. It was quite interesting, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he was took, a mechanic, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was good. It was good. He lost. He had to lose on purpose, right? Well, they they fixed it, didn't yeah, he? So yeah. he didn't cr- technically cross the line first, yeah, and all sure. the whole Ford, Ford versus Ferrari thing, yeah. wasn't it? But there's the bit where your man takes like the head, man Henry Ford's oh, son, drive, and the car, and he's brilliant. like, <laughs> it's like, it's like crying and pissing yeah, himself yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, brilliant. Um, another one, Tyson Fury, that big... Um, the fight's off, That man. unification fight has been, re- been moved to the um, the 18th of uh, May. Really? Still gonna, still he got an elbow in practice. I don't know if you saw the film, it cut his eye. Well, it's isn't um, it the same one that he, in the same place where he had the bad... Remember he fought that bloke a couple of fights ago? Francis Nguyen. No, no, not Ngannou, you're thinking of. No, it wasn't him. Those fights are generating more than... Um, big boxing matches, yeah. unbelievable. Francis, like say his name, Ngannou. Right, say it to me. I can't. He he made more in that fight than his UFC career. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see the fight, but apparently he did very well. Yeah, I don't I think, think Tyson Fury, took think, him a bit. I don't think Fury took him too seriously. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're going again, oh. though, right? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at the moment. I know. I think Ngannou's going against Joshua now. You know. Ah, Joshua. You know, I do. Oh, I don't. Do I rate him as a world champ? He just he hasn't beaten. He hasn't beaten Tyson. He hasn't beaten anybody. Well, he might beat. not. It might. It's, isn't it funny how you? He's good. In don't boxing, get me wrong. He's good, but he in boxing, how you don't like you don't have to fight the best guys. I just don't understand get it. It's just so because they don't want to lose and they want to keep the money train going. But in what? the UFC, it's different. That's why I like the UFC more than I like boxing because they throw them in there. And they've got no choice. And the organisation says, you're fighting this guy. Yeah. And no one says no. We're, they're all in. With a the boxing, they want to keep that record. Uh, losses at zero. For I mean, even the stuff with Floyd Floyd Mayweather, you know, he had obviously uh, a perfect record from his boxing. But you would argue that, you know, Manny Pacquiao was in the same era. But oh, they didn't man. fight until very was, end of their careers and stuff like that. that fight. It was the perfect era. It was the perfect fight. Biggest fight of all time. And they didn't do it until... Yeah. the. Manny was, you know, he'd already lost to somebody else before he fought uh, Mayweather. Yeah. And he was not at his best. I think Pacquiao at his best would have beaten him. Um, but they didn't fight. Yeah. I mean, but isn't it, uh, it's almost, I don't want to say put, you protect the fighters, but you protect their... You protect the business. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You protect their record because it's doing. the appeal of, yeah, this guy's undefeated and... And, who, and who's the world champion? There's like five belts. Yeah, exactly. Well, four belts, isn't there? But that's the thing. This is the first time. So it used to be three belts. Mm. Uh, Lennox Lewis was the last one. Right. Um, <laughs> and But now there's four belts. I'm not going to reel them off because I don't know. No. Um, we you know, this we, will be, we this... probably should have come prepared for this. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but there's yeah, this will be the first time in yeah over twenty years there's been this unification fight. There's actually a brilliant one with a video of Lennox Lewis um, where he's commentating um, on a um, on, on a fight, and the guy's just finished, and basically's like, "Man, I thought you were sweet, man," and then you go saying that stuff like going, you know, going at him, and Lennox is uh, <laughs> Lewis is like, "Right, well, let's get it on then, pal," huh? you know, and he just goes. I'm going to knock you out. Riddick Bowe, that was his name. Oh, really? um, yeah, he's like, I'm going to knock you out. Um, but just like the, you know, the, how serious it was, just where he could flick the switch and be yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll fill you in, mate. Really? Yeah, it's their job. love that it? confidence. It's their you know? job. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of bravado and whatnot. But um, yeah, no, boxing's good, but I, I really, I just prefer UFC. But it's sort of been overshadowed with all this YouTube crap now, isn't it? Well, I, I think because there's not as many big time fighters in boxing that people really know or identify with as like the era of Lennox Lewis, Holyfield, Tyson, um, that people know YouTube is more crazy as it seems. But then you got, who's the brother, Jake, uh, Jake and Logan Paul, right? This guy's generating crazy numbers, um, and fighting these, but he hasn't really fought anyone, 
But does it matter? Because people want to see him fight and they want to see him get knocked out. Um, but he hasn't been. He's been winning. Yeah. Uh, and the only one he lost to was uh, Fury's brother, right? Tommy Fury, which he hasn't even fought. Uh, no, and mate, I'm telling time. you, that bloke's blood is radioactive. He's definitely on the gear. Like the shape that he gets into. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. But there's no testing in these YouTube fights, is there? Oh, there's no, you know, there's no. The, the whole boxing license and how it goes right. about because I mean, they're not fighting for anything just they're just fighting yeah exactly but it has it has actually pumped some interest into boxing again and even Mike Tyson said the same thing because people were getting a bit disillusioned with it um, and now bit, brought a bit of interest to it and they're just interesting fights because it's like who knows um, but I think if you did have the big names again fight people would be a bit more interested but there's only Tyson and Wilder and who else is there you sick yeah, there's, there's only three guys, really. Yeah. Can't fight each other all the time, right? No, yeah, exactly. But you're hoping someone will come up and... Dang, it's not like... I don't want to say it's, you know, lacking a little bit, but even me, with my limited... Uh, I guess limited background or knowledge of boxing, I can still reel off some big names. You know, Lennox mm -hmm. Lewis, Tyson Fury, Evander Holyfield, uh, Mike Tyson, the two Klitschko boys, yeah, you know, even Derek Chisora, David Hay... Yeah. Um, Tony Bellew, you know, George yeah. Groves, Carl Froch. But, but they have to be exciting as well. Like, for me, the best fighter of all time for me would be Mike Tyson because that was exciting. Like, he came in there and he just rocked people. And he was small and I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. It, what, what I would love to go into, um, and you probably never get an answer to this, is but you see all the trash talking and stuff that goes on with the boxers. And, and the reason I'm talking about this is because you had the fight between uh, Drickus Duplessis, the Saffa, and he fought Sean Strickland. Um, and there was a lot of stuff said back and forth between them. And Strickland's had a, quite a rough upbringing. Yeah, he's, he's on Joe Rogan all the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, I think you empathise. And he's actually, you know, when you hear him talk and stuff like that, you're like, this guy... Is, he's been through a if, rough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but, not a bad guy. Well, we, we, that's the thing. You, I mean, look, they, they he's fight, to fight, they right? fight for a living, you yeah. know. Um, but do these guys talk, you know, once the fight gets announced? Is it a case of, you're right, mate. Yeah, what's the crap? Um, listen, we'll go full, full, but full bong, bong on this, but please don't say anything about this. All right. Now, I think, I think afterwards, yeah. afterwards, it's all it's forgotten. It's parked, doesn't it? it? 100%. They know the business. The business is that. Some of them go a little bit too far. But, um, Sean Strickland, like, he was a world champion for, for a bit, wasn't he? He beat, uh, uh Israel Adesanya. That's right. Yeah. I mean, they say that he, he, um, he spars more than any fighter ever. Um, and he gets hit less than any fighter ever, Strickland. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, an element of skullduggery, as Mike Tyson would say to it, in psyching out your opponents. But I think, you know, when the fight's over, they're, they're professionals. Aren't I mean, sure. Conor McGregor's one of the best at it, you know, oh, in terms of the trash and stuff like that. Unbelievable. His, uh, have you seen his document, yeah, documentary? Yeah, it's good, right? Netflix one. Very, it's just cool to see these guys behind uh, behind the scenes and stuff like that, isn't it? Mm. But um, the, what was the one? There's a guy called Charles Sonnen. Have you ever... Oh, I love Charles Sonnen. He's, love, uh, he was the best trash talker there was. Yeah, man. yeah. He just rattled it off, mate. He but, really did. He's great. He's great. That's a brilliant one. He had a real... Um, going to with... Vandalay, Vandalay Silva, yeah, Vandalay, because they were doing the uh, the, the, the show, fighter. the Ultimate yeah, Fighter, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, they went at there was like a real fight and a real party, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, Sonnen, yeah, did way with words, man, but a good fighter too. But, but they they had a real, they had a couple of fights, Sonnen won them all, 
and you think, oh, those two will hate each other. And then I was listening to Son in there a couple of weeks ago and he's like, no, we actually speak and I go to barbecues with him and stuff like that all the time. <laughs> and it's just yeah. funny where you're just like, yeah, it's all part of the show, isn't it? You know, yeah. if you can if uh, if you can build up, um, you know, that build up that sort of uh, well, that that rivalry intensity and stuff like that. Again, it's just trying to sell tickets at the end of the of day, isn't it? Is. Um, of course it is, you know, and uh, they're good at what they do. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I watched the uh, Ricky Hatton. It was an old documentary uh, on Sky and uh, you're watching Hatton and Mayweather going at it. And they do a tour around the country, just basically trash talking in front of thousands of people. And it's all the business. It's all the business, you know, um, and that's just part of it. Yeah, well... Gav, absolute pleasure having you on uh, this evening. Um, we can obviously check out, uh, hopefully, at Zella finish top of the stack so you get that perceived easier route to the uh, there is no easy to route the finals, you know. Yeah. Um, but you went obviously you won the Lux Cup last year. Where did you finish quarters last year? Was it? Yeah, we, yeah, I think we finished in fourth. So you know, I really believe we are. You know, the team hasn't changed much. We have two new import players, and and you know we've we've struggled with injuries the whole season, um, and we're doing a great job. I'm I'm really happy, and uh, and we obviously have the international break after this weekend. We have two games this weekend, Friday at, uh, at home. If anybody's out there, you want to come watch a game. We play the Mossel Pikes eight o'clock at Elbrook, uh, uh, and then T Center of the Universe place oh, to be. Absolutely, and then T seventy one on Sunday in T seventy one in Doulange. Two games so, back to back. Yeah, it's a double weekend. I like double. I like double weekends, Scott. It's great, man. I love it. When I play, we used to play like crazy amount of games and now you know once a week it's all right but the players they love games too and then we have the international break where obviously luxembourg on the 25th play norway in the pre philip the is pre philip World uh philip. my guy he's playing which would be great um he's having a, another mp we haven't plugged that enough either he's he, he was mvp luxembourg guys last year he's improved even more this year he's he's the mvp again 100 percent um and uh, he'll be playing in that game against norway um, so everybody get out I'd love to see like you know, the basketball community come together and support the Luxembourgish national team get two three beers down there wouldn't we two three beers maybe and then um, I thought you said we were going to get VIP Scott is it? I don't know I'll speak to the FLB thanks for throwing me under the bus there anyway as always you can catch up on the show uh, on RTL Play and on Spotify it will be up on Monday morning you can check out the rest of the team Sam Steen from 6am uh, you've also got Stephen Steps Low with the Lunchbox and Melissa Dalton with the home stretch you've got Dave Burrows DB3 Sessions Sarah Tapp with the hangover and now we have got Emma and Meredith who are leading our country road session um, as always we give a huge shout out to the army of volunteers out there who make our sport in world tick um, if you're not doing anything to get kids involved in sport then you should be um, because they are the future until next week it is cheer cheer